you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Hello, folks, and welcome to Season 2 of All Things Dreams with your host, Miranda McLaughlin. That's right, we are here kicking off Season 2, and we've got loads of great new dreamy content in store for you. Since Season 1, we've actually joined the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network, which means, first off, we've got that amazing new intro, which I absolutely love, and it also means that we're going to be showcasing and promoting various podcasts that are part of this network and that have creepy, fascinating, strange content. So more to come on that. But in the meantime, let's get right into things and focus on what we're here for for this episode. All things sleep paralysis. And I know, I know, I know, I've covered this topic before. And if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to cover it again. I find it completely creepy and unsettling, and it just seemed like the absolutely perfect way to kick off October as we lead into Halloween. So we're doing something a little bit different with it this time. Last time we watched the documentary, The Nightmare, which is about experiences of sleep paralysis. And then we talked about the documentary and invited a guest who'd had firsthand experiences that they were able to share which was pretty awesome. But for me, it was just the tip of the iceberg and all of the things I wanted to go over and ask people about and learn about with sleep paralysis. So this time, what I've done is I've invited people to share their experiences and we're going to do kind of a series of scary stories. But all of those scary stories are going to be about sleep paralysis. We'll kick things off with a conversation I had with my sister where I just learned for the first time that she had had sleep paralysis. And I... You'll, you'll, you'll learn more, but um, that's kind of what kicked off this idea and really got things rolling. So let's start right here in Canada with our first story from my sister, Crystal. You had a sleep paralysis dream? I did. What? Do you have your pen? Yeah, I have it I in was... my hand. Because <laughs> I was listening to the one with your... Buddy Alex, is yes, that his name? My buddy Alex. My buddy. And, uh, and Dr. Herb Dalagio. Okay. As a s- <laughs> in Devin's fake name. Devin's fake name. So you saying you had a sleep paralysis experience makes me feel less safe <laughs> because we're related. And now I'm like, oh, I don't want to have I one of those. Even, I didn't okay. even realize that it was until I listened to your podcast. <laughs> yes, because I thought. That I had dreamt waking up. Okay. Yeah. Which can be a thing. Yeah. But I felt like I actually woke up. Yeah. And saw and saw something in the doorway. But mm-hmm. then I took, like, because I, it was kindergarten. I remember this yeah. from kindergarten. Yeah. And, uh, and then when he was saying that you can, like, actually wake up and, like, mm-hmm. see things and, like, that's what I thought happened, but yeah. I 
have told myself that that can't happen. You like rewrote the story since yeah. then because you didn't know exactly. what sleep paralysis was. Yes. Oh. So I can vividly tell you, and it won't take very long. So mm-hmm. I was sleeping. That's okay. I get. I we were in our home growing Paint up. Paint me the picture. So um, the bed was like by the window, so you could face the door. Yeah. And again. I think it came up in one of your podcasts about the older brothers letting us watch movies when yep. the parents were away. The babies, I don't know what babies. Which ones did we you had. watch? It was a witch doctor movie. <laughs> and this is what the sleep process dream is about. Because I, so I was in my bed and then I remember hearing the witch doctor said, who was standing, I remember her long, straggly hair. Then these super long, like disgusting, sharp, pointy nails. Okay, as like, you're te- as you're retell as you're telling yeah. me about this, you've described things like this before. Um, like parts of this is familiar to me in terms of things that you've like. I'm getting deja vu as you're. I've told you this yes, dream before, but keep going, keep going. I'm sure I have because I it used mm-hmm. to be. In, I wrote it in my kindergarten <gasps> journal of like bad dreams, and I remembered. <laughs> reading it yeah. and then that reminded me that I had mm-hmm. that tree. So then yes, it was the witch doctor who said, like in the creepy voice, What time are you getting up in the morning? And then Joe it was Joe's voice in the dark that says like seven thirty or mm-hmm. something. And that was like a comforting voice to yeah. me, but then like this freaky and it was just like this relaxed conversation that was yeah. happening. And then and then the witch doctor was standing there and I remember like feeling like I was awake and I couldn't move and I wanted to scream but I couldn't yeah. scream and I just was saying I could just say like, I remember like yes. being able to whisper that but nothing else yeah and the blankets were off of my toes <gasps> and the witch doctor came closer and then like grabbed her nails between my toes and then I either woke up. That's or when that I thought I woke something. up, or like this. But some people have had that feeling of almost feeling like they're suffocating, yeah. based on the feeling that, like that old hag dream, or correlating with that with sleep paralysis, that people have seen something on their chest and felt like they couldn't breathe. So the yeah, fact like that it, you felt like something was reaching for you, yeah, and and like probably for many many years mm-hmm. just in the last few years i i'm comfortable with not having a blanket cover my feet literally like i would have to have a blanket i'm, I'm still not there my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this liberating thing like ah i can have my foot out of side of a blanket now you're a brave woman um i still can't have my foot outside of blankets really and even in the heat like, even in the heat so devin will be I, like taking all the blankets off of him and i'm like wrap i'm protecting myself used to be, like disgustingly hot and i put a sheet like, yes put a sheet I'll, so that minimum covered. sheet 100 yeah. percent. and even like sometimes i'll get in a comfortable position and like my toe my foot will be like hanging a little bit off the bed or my hand will hang my a little foot off the bed. Can't go off the bed and then i i like no. recoil it back i'm like no what are you thinking miranda <laughs> <laughs> off the blanket off yes but off of the bed i no. do i don't do either i <laughs> i do not live life on the edge like you crystal <laughs> So I'm 
really intrigued by that whole sleep paralysis thing. Yeah, and it was like this such a cool listen for me to listen to that podcast because yeah. I'm like holy cow that's what that dream was because mm-hmm. I don't I've never had anything that I remember like that since because he said yeah. you'd get it multiple times but some people it's a one-time thing that yeah and like, other people it might be can like recurrent and other people it might be very sporadic I kind of felt safe because I was like, I don't think anyone in my family has ever experienced this. I'm going to be totally fine. You're welcome. So now you're going to give me, get me anxious about it. And if you'll remember, exactly that can trigger them. Yes. Because when we were watching that documentary about sleep paralysis, um, someone started dating someone who got them regularly and they didn't know what sleep paralysis was. And then their partner was telling them what was happening. And then they saw that their partner get it. And they were like, this looks terrifying. I don't want this to happen to me. And they started and getting they really sc- worked out, worked up about it. And then they got sleep paralysis. They caught it. They caught it's it. From, con- yeah, it's but contagious. that's what I've learned. Sleep paralysis is <laughs> contagious. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was the eeriest, like, mm-hmm. it, I vividly, like, that, like, it was and you so again. Creepy whispering it's so creepy right it is a creepy and b i'm getting more deja vu (laughs) because i forgot i feel like i forgot about you sharing this um dream because i feel like i was probably back in maybe i don't know i would i was much younger when you yeah because you're older than me so so. old (laughs) but just you retelling it it was i don't know just really eerie but also deja vu yeah you're, oh, it's a good combo. Go. So thank go. you for that. And just in time for bed. Yeah. <laughs> and because it wasn't enough for me to get creeped out by my sister's sleep paralysis experience, I obviously had to find more stories. So next up is my buddy, Alex. He was actually the first person to share his sleep paralysis experiences on this podcast. And now he's back with more eerie content. Hi, my name is Alex. Uh, I've never heard of this podcast before. I'm really excited to be involved in it for the very first time. Um, So apparently I'm supposed to tell the story of a sleep paralysis dream that I had. Uh, I have just lied. I've been on the show before. And this is a sleep paralysis dream that I briefly mentioned. Um, So I was at my ex's place in Ontario for uh, a week visiting over the holidays and before arriving uh, she informed me that she had just moved into a new apartment that she believed was haunted Uh, she told me that lights would turn on and off uh, and the faucet specifically in the bathroom would randomly turn on and the water would just start pouring out of the sink so I've never had any ghostly experiences before but I was like all right whatever we'll see what happens got there and I was like ah this this is the haunted apartment eh She's like, yeah, I swear it's haunted. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, of course. And as I, like, sarcastically said that, the tap in the bathroom turned on. I'm like, interesting, all right, well, maybe maybe this place is haunted. Um, so that night, um, the very first night sleeping there, I had a dream where I woke up and I realized I was having a sleep paralysis dream. Now, normally when I have a sleep paralysis dream, I can't move. Um, I can see my surroundings of the room, and usually there's something creepy in the room. It could be a figure, whatever. Um, but this time, I noticed there was nothing in the room, and I found that very odd. Um, so I was like, all right, well, um, let's try to wake up. And because I've had a long history of having sleep paralysis dreams, 
Um, I've kind of learned different techniques to help me um, try to wake up. So I basically just try to tense my muscles um, as much as possible to wake up specifically in my head. I try to tighten my my face muscles and uh, just kind of squeeze my fists as hard as I can. And uh, usually that helps me wake up. So I started to do that and I realized that it wasn't working and I wasn't snapping out of the sleep paralysis dream. Um, And all of a sudden I realized in the moment it wasn't an actual sleep paralysis dream. It was an inception version of that. I was having a sleep paralysis dream in an actual dream. Um, As I realized that, two ghosts flew uh, in the room from the hallway. They came from the bathroom and they flew uh, uh, above my head. They were flying in circle over my head and my ex-girlfriend's head and they were laughing and they were just uh, hysterically laughing at me like realize like you know mocking me for realizing oh haha you can't wake up because this is a dream not a sleep paralysis dream um so i kind of struggled in the dream and eventually woke up into an actual sleep paralysis dream and the ghosts remain flying above me in the actual room Um, and again, I struggled to kind of wake up. And at this point, because I had been dreaming for a little while, I was grunting in my sleep and my ex had woken up and tossed me awake and I kind of sat up quickly in bed. And, uh, as I woke up, the, uh, bathroom sink was turned on again. So, an Inception sleep paralysis experience. Yeah, no thanks. I guess we'll go ahead and see what other horrors our next contributor has in store for us. I had never had any trouble with sleep growing up. No night terrors. No waking up in the middle of the night, screaming. Even my nightmares were so mild as to be completely unworthy of note. Slumber and the dreams that lay therein had been nothing but warm and inviting. And so it was, against this backdrop, that I went to sleep, next to my boyfriend, on a warm July evening. He lived on a busy road in the city centre. It was the main thoroughfare for all the midnight revelling. And so, as the evening wore on, The noise from the streets became louder and more boisterous. We drew the curtains and attempted to shut out as much of the noise as possible. Though, I always felt soothed to feel the city, to feel it alive and awake around me. That calming feeling when you can ensconce yourself in a cocoon, safe in the knowledge that the world is waiting for you on the other side of your dreams. And so with that, I fell comfortably and deeply asleep. I woke to a little girl's voice outside the window saying, Hello. I felt like all at once I was awake, and I was sure that she was in trouble. The noises outside seemed to have subsided, so I knew it must be late, past all the small hours of the night, into that place where the darkness and silence meet to engulf the streets. That place in the night when you no longer feel safe, 
And in the midst of all of this, there was that voice, a scared little girl's voice reaching out. I tried to rouse myself, but I couldn't move. I tried to turn to my boyfriend, but nothing. But it wasn't simply a sensation of being unable to move, but of being trapped, restrained against my own will, not only locked into my body, but as if I was bound into it by ropes. And then the girl's voice again, at the door to our bedroom, still that same sad hello reaching out, but this time there was a presence with her, whether it was her companion or something that had simply followed her, it was there now at the threshold to the room, and I had the overwhelming feeling that it meant me harm, that it was waiting to get in and find me in the state of vulnerability. Then, without warning, it was at my head, and I could barely breathe, and there was such pressure on my chest that it felt as though it could cave in, and suddenly the little girl screamed hello once more into my ear. And that is when I sat up, screaming, to find an empty room, and my boyfriend still fast asleep next to me. So that chilling tale came from Verity, host of the Scary Stories podcast. She's actually one of four podcasters that contributed to this episode, and I'm excited for you to hear the promos for their shows, which I've added to the very end of this episode. But for now, let's just keep those spooky stories rolling. Hello, spooky people. My name is Natalie, and I'm the host of Some Kind of Brown and A Girl and Her Horror. I haven't had many experiences with sleep paralysis, only two that were, hypothetically, induced by medicine. I'm sure there are more terrifying stories, but apparently my unconscious self is not at all afraid of ghosts. I was in my apartment alone, and everything was quiet. The only light in my room came from the essential oil diffuser that I'm constantly using. That night, I had fallen asleep earlier than I usually do, but I woke up to a strange sensation. When people talk about sleep paralysis, they often describe a sensation like something pressing on their chest, but for me, I just couldn't move. While I was lying still in the mostly dark room, I felt the bed beside me sink down like someone had sat close enough to touch me. I didn't feel anything other than the bed sink. It wouldn't have been as creepy if it had stopped at that, but it felt like whoever was there stood up and sat down again and again and again. I felt a flicker of fear, but... I was mostly annoyed. I grumpily told the ghost to go away and leave me alone, in no uncertain terms. As soon as I did, I was free to move and turned away from where the ghost was. I don't know how long it was later, but I felt the same sensation. However, this time, it felt like the ghost was sitting at the end of my bed. Despite the feeling of menace, my half-asleep self was apparently unfazed yet again. I told it in my mind that it wasn't welcome and I was tired of it waking me up. That's the nicer version of what I said. The moment I thought that, I was free again. I turned over and fell into a deep sleep for the rest of the night. The next morning I realized what had happened and couldn't help but laugh at my reaction. 
Whether it was a true sleep paralysis event or a hallucination induced by medication like my doctor suggested, I have no idea. All I know is that I'm less afraid of the things that go bump in the night than I probably should be. Yeah, I definitely would have been a lot more creeped out by that experience than Natalie was, and I don't think I would have fallen into a deep sleep right after seeing a ghost. But good for you, Natalie. I I give you props for that. Now for some sleep paralysis tales from Andrew, host of the Forgotten Darkness podcast. I've always had issues of various sorts with sleeping. Periodically, I've had bouts of insomnia, and I still have night terrors quite often. I've had sleep paralysis at least three times in my life. First was sometime when I was a kid, probably no more than four or five. I don't recall it very well, but I recall some sort of shadow creeping around the landing of the stairs in the hall just outside my room. It had, if I remember right, a spiky head, and it seemed kind of stretched out if that makes sense. Sort of tall and skinny. Now that I think about it, there was a character I drew a lot when I was a kid that had a spiky head. I never thought about it, but that might have been a memory of it. Anyway, I didn't have it again until I was in my late teens, probably 18 or 19. At that time, I wasn't in a real great place mentally. I had just broken up with my girlfriend of about two years, and my grades in high school hadn't really been all that great, and I was in junior college to get my grades up before going to college, and those grades weren't very good either. I had already been reading about supernatural things for a few years by that point, so I knew it was sleep paralysis when this happened, so I wasn't quite so freaked out as I would have been otherwise. I had some sort of really bad dream and woke up suddenly, unable to move. There was some sort of shadow person in the corner of my room. It just stood there not moving, and looked like a man with his hands held sharply at his sides, like a soldier at attention. After a few moments, it faded and vanished. Last time was a few years later, when I was in college. This one was a bit different. I didn't really see anything, but just felt it. It felt like an arm draped around my shoulder or something like that. And instead of terrified like either of the other two, I felt almost comforted by it. However, when the incident passed, I suddenly had a very strong sense of foreboding, and an oddly specific one at that, to the extent that I called home to see if everything was alright. Everyone was. I haven't really had it since then. Like I said, I do still have night terrors and wake from my sleep screaming every few months or so. I suppose you could probably see that as something kind of similar going on. And once again, I'm that much more terrified about getting sleep paralysis. I've had a couple night terrors, and I'm really, really hoping that the causes of these experiences are not linked. Either way, we'll be sure to tackle that in our Night Terrors episode, which might be just around the corner. So that's a pretty good segue, I'd say, into the next tale. Hello, my name is Danny. I'm one of two sisters from the Art History Podcast, and I, uh, I started becoming friends with our folks here at All Things Dreams because I thought that their night terror episode was about sleep paralysis and I was like me and actually they're different things turns out and so this is actually what I experienced which is sleep paralysis 
When I was a young teen, I had really bad insomnia. Actually, my whole childhood, I had really bad insomnia. Once I got to teen teenage, and along with all those teen things, I basically stopped sleeping. And it was getting really weird in my brain zone. I was micro-sleeping a lot, like during class, or like like one time I I took a test, but I have no memory of the test, and my teacher gave it back to me, and all of my answers were scribbles because I was asleep. Um, and I, so like a lot of things for me became like, like a weird mixture of dream reality. I couldn't tell one from the other. If I did manage to sleep, I would often experience sleep paralysis. And I think that I have had every like major sleep paralysis vision that people typically get. I did not know that that's what this was at the time it was happening. Um, and I also didn't know until pretty recently that people all see the same stuff. Um, my sister for a while did a spooky podcast and she, in listening to her podcast, she describes some of the different like creatures or phenomena people experience, like the witch, the old crone, or like shadow people. And I was like, yep, check, yep, check. And then she's like, also something called the hat man, which is the scariest one. And that triggered a memory in me of the scariest sleep paralysis I've probably ever had, which was of the hat man. And it's just little 15-year-old Danny, and I'm in my bed and the room is dark, and I open my eyes already terrified and sweating. And at the foot of my bed is a man with a completely shadowed face wearing a completely shrouded black outfit, black hat, and he's slowly pouring a pitcher of water onto my feet. And I don't know why, but it was the scariest thing I have ever experienced. I... Luckily, since my teen years have gotten a lot of my sleep disorders diagnosed and treated, so I don't experience sleep paralysis that often anymore, I've kind of come up with weird little like tricks to try to protect myself. Like I have a lot of nighttime rituals. Um, I was always afraid of the sleep paralysis episodes I'd have that involved a ceiling witch coming down from the ceiling to put like things in my hand. It actually comes from George of the Jungle. Uh, like, like the, the Brendan Fraser one, he like, George of the Jungle leaves, you know, his girlfriend and he takes off his like shark tooth necklace and he puts it in her hand while she's sleeping. And I was terrified that something like that would happen to me. So I had this like, like constant fear that the ceiling, which I saw in my, in my sleep paralysis moments would leave something in my hand. So to this day, I sleep with my palms down or like palms under something, under my pillow, under the blanket, because I am petrified of waking up with something in my hand. Um, I also, all the classics ones, I keep my feet under the covers if I can. Something weird that I do that I think a lot of people don't do, people like to face out when they sleep to the room because they think it like protects their back. I'm the opposite. I like to sleep towards a wall if possible because I'm afraid of opening my eyes and seeing something there. This way, if that happens, all I see is the wall, hopefully. So I do sleep facing the wall if possible. Um, I also noticed that one of my sleep disorders I've been diagnosed with is sleep apnea. So 
for a while I was like suffocating in my sleep a little bit and that will wake me up but it wakes you up like gasping for breath which is really scary and so that fear will sometimes translate to the sleep paralysis fear so like in my dream I'm choking but then I wake up and I'm actually choking and there are like moments where I'm half asleep half awake where I still can't get a breath in and it's it's so scary and then once I finally do I never open my eyes because I'm convinced that some shadow people are going to be surrounding me in that moment and I just think if I don't see them I'll be fine but I'm still very scared because part of me is convinced that they're there so I don't know sleep paralysis is very scary and I'm glad it doesn't happen to me that frequently anymore and that's that's my story And now for our final contributor who reached out to me by Twitter. His name is Texas Thompson and he's from New Zealand. Now don't mind the lack of a New Zealand accent for the next story, as my husband actually did the honor of recording Texas's written submission. I'm no stranger to sleep paralysis, and my most recent experience was, well, weird. At the time I'd been really sick and having a lot of strange headaches. So one night, feeling desperately sleep-deprived, I fell asleep extra early, at around 8 p.m. Later that night, I randomly sprang up in my bed at about 2 a.m. I was, all of a sudden, wide awake, feeling like I hadn't been sleeping. I was just really weirded out. But since I was up and wide awake, I decided to watch some TV. I went to the living room, and I ended up falling asleep on the couch eventually. TV playing in the background. The next thing I remember is a vacuum-like sensation on the left side of my head. It was almost like my thoughts were just being sucked from my body. That feeling quickly traveled from my head through to my left arm and I felt myself being pulled toward the door. I started to feel like my soul was being ripped from my body and my head was pounding. Although my eyes were fully aware of what was happening, it took my mind some time to process. Eventually I was able to start trying to resist what was happening. And then I heard a voice that sounded a lot like my sister screaming, Wait! 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 And with that, I awoke fully from the sleep paralysis to find that I was at the sliding door now, with my hand positioned right in front of the small crack in the curtain. I had gone from the couch to the door during that state. Standing in the front of the door, looking outside into the pitch black through the small crack in the curtains, I couldn't help but shudder at the feeling that I was not alone, and there was some kind of presence lurking in the darkness outside. These feelings were only heightened when I looked at the clock and noticed it was 3.20am. Witching hour. Now I'm a firm believer in the witching hour, a time when demons and evil spirits are supposedly at their strongest, so I made sure to stay awake until 4. But despite my efforts to avoid another sleep paralysis episode, I experienced one more later that day while napping. It started with my head pulsating, feeling like it was going to explode, and then I woke up pointing straight at the door. Why did my experiences that day include such fixations on doors? What did that mean, and I'm still not sure I know, but I was fully creeped out by the whole thing. While those were my most recent experiences of sleep paralysis, there's one in particular that stands out to me from when I was 19, almost 10 years ago, but it's an experience I'll never forget. 
Some things just stick with you, and this is one of those things. I was sleeping in the same living room, but this time my brother was there with me. He was on the couch while I was on a bed on the floor. He woke up at around 2 a.m. to go to work, and by the time he left, it was around 3-ish. Witching hour again. Alone in the living room, I awoke to find that, although I could see and look around, I was unable to move. I started to feel my arms and chest tighten. Just as I was starting to break out of the sleep paralysis, I saw what looked like a big green-toothed smile, followed by a hand covering my mouth as I heard, There was a hideous laugh, and I felt my whole body pushing into the mattress. Terrified, I still couldn't move. My whole body tightened, and then the blanket started constricting around me tighter and tighter. I tried like hell to scream, but all that came out was a muffled moan as my body was still paralyzed. Moments later, I broke through the sleep paralysis and just wailed. I ran from the living room to my sister's room, and I sobbed uncontrollably. My sister was confused, but after I told her what had happened, she was very understanding. It was the first time I'd ever had what many call their sleep paralysis demon. I believe in them now, and they're petrifying. Sometimes I wonder what would happen if I stopped resisting while experiencing sleep paralysis. How would it change my experiences if I just completely let go or gave in? I don't know if I want to know. Thanks again to everyone who contributed to this episode, and hopefully you've all gotten your fill of spooky sleep paralysis stories. Now, if you're looking for some great new podcasts, you're going to love this lineup of promos. Enjoy! I wish I could tell you everything is okay. I wish I could comfort you and tell you there is nothing to fear. But I can't. And if you are really being honest, that's not what you want. You want to be scared. You like being scared. So, join me, your elusive host, and I will tell you why you're haunted by so many monsters. Scary Stories is a bi-weekly podcast about the psychology of fear and the stories we use to explain it. So, take a seat and let me tell you about this thing that happened to a friend of a friend of a friend. Find it everywhere you listen to podcasts. and everything nice? Oh sorry, I most definitely did not mean nice. I'm Natalie and I'm the host of A Girl and Her Horror where I review a horror movie or show in five minutes or less. From The Haunting of Hill House to Us, Foreign and American, Classic and Innovative, I'll be covering them all. Look for A Girl and Her Horror on your favorite podcast player. There will be spoilers. I hope you're not afraid of the dark. A man in Brazil dies from severe burns, maybe from a UFO. In Washington, D.C., Jack the Slasher breaks into a house and barely steals anything, but dumps molasses all over a piano and cuts up curtains and sofas. 
I'm Andrew Gable, and on Forgotten Darkness, I'll look through old newspapers and other sources to find those lesser-known stories of yesteryear. I look mostly at true crime and unexplained phenomena. So if either of those topics sounds like your sort of thing, check us out. You can find the podcast at ForgottenDarkness.Podbean.com or on most podcast apps. What's up? I'm Danny. And I'm Brandy. We're sisters. And we're dead inside. It's like, where do we find purpose? I heard that all you have to do is look at art. Art can make you feel feelings? Yeah, like um, Michelangelo once got super pissed off and threw a bunch of roof rafters at the Pope. Right, I think my heart is beating again. Oh my I'm confused. Oh, did you hear that Marie Antoinette maybe had a secret lesbian love affair with her portrait painter? Whoa, whoa, I'm feeling like super something like blood pumping. Um. There's this thing where Caravaggio killed a man by stabbing him in the taint. Like what? With a sword? Like what? I think I feel alive. Maybe we should just drop everything and see if this actually works. That sounds like a great idea for a podcast. That sounds like our podcast. Yeah, that's our podcast. Download and subscribe to Art Sistery. That's like art history, but with an S. Wherever you get your podcasts. Get it? Because we're sisters. We're sisters. Art history, art sisters. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.